Greetings, everyone, as Scott Simpson and Henry Dore return with the penultimate episode of their tribute to the golden age of British comedy in the BBC's 100th anniversary year. As before, your task is to see how many of the great talents you can hear woven into the conversation. Well, Thomas, with your support, I, William Mervyn, bounce back from this relationship. I've decided that I'm Kenneth Connor wash that girl right out of my hair. Honestly, she expected me to be at her James Beckham call 24 hours a day. And she had some funny attitudes, I thought. Oh, really? Yes, I didn't like Nicholas Linder's stance on a lot of things, actually. For example, she always hated the classical Rod Hull and E music I played, which is strange because she loves Norman Vaughan Williams. Does she play an instrument herself? The Andrew saxophone. Oh, I used to play the Leonard saxophone in the good old days. It was handed down to my father by his American friend who performed with the Peter Bruff and Archie Andrews sisters. If only his singing had been better. By the third rendition, I'd had enough of to do Ron, Ronald, Wolf and Ronald Chesney. Of course, the other thing was that Diana couldn't bear tidying. At the moment, the flat is Miriam Carl in a real mess. Oh, goodness. It's not a nice feeling to be in disarray, Raymond Allen. I can't face it on my own, so I've asked my friend Daniel to come and lend a hand. I don't mind seeing him, but he will insist on bringing his dog with him. What's wrong with that? Well, he's something of a Roddy Barker, and even worse, a stinker murder. Uh -huh. <laughs> now, did I tell you that before we split, Diana and I had taken up fishing? Indeed. Yes, I was down by the river last week, as it happens, casting my Rodney Bues, the Dickie Henderson was shining, and Anthony Jay was singing in a Charles Hawtrey. I'd just seen a rabbit dart down his Warren Mitchell and a fox into his Edward Sinclair, when suddenly my cousin Percival appeared, out for a walk after finishing work. What does he do? He makes door handles. It's a bit John Esmond Dane, but it's a job. And I imagine that with relatively Humphrey Little to know about, it must be pretty easy. The problem is that he has this woman who wants to buy him out. And what has he said to that? Well, he's told her plan and straight. She's not getting her hands on his David Nobbs. Mm. Uh, does he work for a company? No, he's a freelance, Percival. And his business booming? Oh, he's Harold Snowed under with work. Mm. I mean, I don't think he'll ever make a John Fortune and be a Michael Aldrich man. But so far, his money's sugged in enough to make a decent living. He'd be in trouble, of course, if his company Derek folds. Oh, yes, he'd be rather John and Richard O'Sullivanrable if he goes Buster Merrifield. He could easily find himself below in the bank an awful lot of money. Uh, does he do all Norman Hewitt's own bookkeeping? No. He has an accountant who Marty Feld manages that side of things. Who does he bank with? Jeremy Lloyd's, I believe. Ah. Now then, spill the beans, old thing. Where have you and Theresa decided to spend New Year? Geoffrey Holland. We're hoping for better luck this time. Last year we had a dreadful tour operator and it rained constantly. Oh, what a poor shame. The company was so bad that we threatened to sue Pollard. Struthmatic! He would have got them into a lot of trouble. Yes, but our lawyers said we hadn't a hope David Griffin, Simon Cadell of winning. Julia McKenzie, even if they were the best legal team in the country. The miserable old goat we spoke to said there'd be more chance of meeting Elvis on the Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook Islands. Not a particularly Eric Merry man. Mm. Now tell me, are you going anywhere nice on Joy, Dandy and Sue Nicole soon? Off to stay with some friends near St Michael's Peggy Mount in the spring. Mm. Then Spain in the summer with my parents. I gather it's sometimes 35 in the shade over there. Oh, I couldn't, Kenneth, cope with that. Funny place, Spain. I've never understood their fixation with their national hero. Oh, you mean... El Cid James, yes. Mm. And I'm not particularly keen on their bullfighting, either. No, neither am I. But horse racing, on the other hand, now that's a different matter. I had a Harry H. Corbett on affiliate Newmarket the other day. But sadly, she joins Grenfell at the first hurdle. Ah. 
I knew something was wrong even when the horse was still in the Hugh paddock. Eleanor Bron, the subject of horse racing, I saw this quite brilliant comedian last night who every year does a one-man show in the Royal Enclosure during Ascot Week. Good heavens, that's a rather prestigious gig. Well, he deserves it. The Royal Family say it is the highlight of that particular month of the year. Apparently, there is no one who even comes close in the June Whitfield. I wanted to get his autograph following the performance, but he was in such a willy rush to nip off home that I didn't manage to. Pity. Do you have any plans for tomorrow, Tom? Morning service at the Eric Chapel, as usual, I imagine. Yes, I'm doing a reading from the first epistle of Peter Sellers. I never used to go there occasionally, but I never had the belief that you do. No, I can quite understand. It's not for everyone, the John Ecclesiastical. And you'll be going shopping, presumably, ready for the new week on John Chap Monday? Yes, that's right. I want to get my mother some books for Christmas. A wartime memoir called The Last Fighting Tommy Trinder and a history of Alfie Bass Brewery. Well, I'm sure that'll Derek Beguiler. Mm. I must get Teresa some presents too. I'm thinking uh, Jewel and Warris, some cream for her Arthur Bruff hands and some Ian Lavender bath salts. Uh, if she's been very good, I might even give her a Stephen Murray mint. <laughs> Listen, I'd love to stay and talk all night, Thomas, but I've just seen the time and I think I Roy Hood better be going. Oh, no, Stephen. Stare John and Bill Pert wee while longer. I'm sorry I've got to head off, old man, but I must say that I have loved Ned sharing this drinky with you. So have I, Stephen. So have I. No, you won't go away empty-handed. I was sure I'd feel better after speaking to you, so I have a small something to show how grateful I am to you for cheering me up. Chocolates. What a treat. Thank you, Stephen. These Fulton McKind gestures go such a long way. And they're my favourite as well, Frank Thornton's. Where did you get them? At a little shop next to Nicholas Smithfield Market. Oh, I know, opposite Marks and Peter Spencer's. Well, I shall tuck these away in a hidey hole when I get home. I don't want anyone to pinch them. No, I'm sure. I heard that you've had a number of burglaries round your way recently. Oh, yes. A real Johnny Spate. <laughs> <laughs> To be continued.